Lucas Tigers and Bronze is brought to you by Hybrid Grading Approach. HGA is revolutionizing the industry by implementing software that will allow them to scan, analyze, and grade cards without subjectivity. This allows for consistent and unbiased grading. They have an easy submission process and best-in-class customer service. Their pricing model is simple. Pay by the day, not by the value of the card. And when they say 10 business days, they mean 10 business days. All right, Luca Nation, let's kick off another episode, which I think is going to be a really, really memorable one, fun one, lots of value, a few really awesome topics to discuss. So we're really excited to be back with another episode of Lucas Tigers and Bronze. Oh, my. Uh, wanted to give you guys some loves, a huge shout out. We, I mean, we're about four or five months into YouTube. And just yesterday, we hit 1,000 subscribers, which I know round numbers and all that stuff, like 999 to 1,000, is that really that big of a deal? But it feels like a big deal. It feels like a milestone because uh, we're, we're building momentum, and we're building momentum really with a community that believes in what we're doing, supports us, uh, and we believe in our community. A lot of you guys have reached out and offered to help. Uh, we're excited. We just added Alex, who runs Slab Cards. He's an amazing graphic designer. Uh, he's going to be running our socials and helping us a lot. So we couldn't be more excited about what the future holds. And we couldn't be more excited to build it with you guys. So I want to take you know just a minute here and, and really give a shout out to where we were, what we've accomplished together, and where we're going. On today's episode, we'll talk about Golden, new marketplace, new vault right? Uh, Vaulting has been around for a while, but they have their new website up. We'll talk about the Braves. Man, they broke a curse. Shout out to Steve Martin. He's got to be, he's got to be so excited. And we'll talk about Blaze. Cage, anything else that I didn't mention there that you might want to talk about, a topic that's on your mind, uh, anything before we jump right into the show? No. Are you even there? I'm here. I just, I'm going to keep it quiet today. I spoke a lot yesterday. You know, I'm decaffeinated today. You did not like how caffeinated I was yesterday. You've made it very clear. And what did the we DM didn't... say? What did the DM well, say? Well, I told people to DM Andrew you. I, I, I told people to DM you. So if you didn't get any DMs, then people clearly didn't didn't like it. I mean, did I told people to DM you. So if, if people aren't DMing you saying how much they loved Cage's antics, then, you know, uh, the people have spoken. Or they haven't spoken. And, and I, I have to shut up. I got a few DMs. I got one that was saying this is the that was the goofiest cage has ever been. But nice. Dude, most, most others. Did you, you know, DM yourself? Yeah, for, for <laughs> my crypto for my crypto casuals. You uh, DM yourself. Um, but no, it's. I think when you behave in that manner, what's cool about that is people really um, people are more likely to send DMs. So I got ten DMs, and most of them were this. Guys, we love when cages like that. We like when you guys are energetic. We listen to you not just for the plays, but for like the entertainment and the laughs, right? Because a lot of people turn this on, they're walking their dog or they're on, uh, you know, the train to work. And as much as, yeah, we all want to talk about sports cards, I think what we've realized is we've kind of, kind of become like a little reality show for people, right? A little humor, some some jokes, some, you know, Cage making fun of Andrew for living in Tulum and smoking a lot of pot. Yeah, making fun. Uh, making fun of myself for not doing it yeah. is more like it. <laughs> well, I, 
I offered to buy you a trip to Cancun when you I was did. living there with the family and say, come for a weekend. You're like, you no, did. I'm not but going anywhere until I can fly on a plane without a mask. That's true. That is such a that. ridiculous. I did say that. You're right. And I sounded exactly like that. So I can fly on a plane without masks. The problem was you invited me with my family. I mean, you're in Tulum, right? You just told me about the young lady that moved in next door that you're stalking. I mean, that three. Three, three of them. Three of them. So, so, so what was that? <laughs> good for you, man. You know, I mean, sorry, there's three of them. Um, well, yeah. it's across the way, and they, they waved. We've um, we live in like a little small apartment complex, right? So it's like 10, 15 homes. So everybody knows everybody, and when new people move in, you know, we, we help each other out because when you come to a new country, it's tough, right? You don't know anything, it's a different language. You know, you're, you might be worried that someone's trying to take advantage of you. So we hope to be a good resource for people. And we've become friends with a lot of the people that moved in. We've played soccer with them. We've gone to salsa night. So all good stuff. Let's get into the show. I mean, it's kind of a, it's a fun period in sports. We got Champions League today. I don't I know you don't watch soccer. Braves yep. won the World Series. Football is at this awesome point where kind of every game matters now. Right. We're in the second half of the season where. Yep. Teams are fighting for playoff contention, and if they're not fighting for Mike playoff White. contention, they're fighting for seeding. Yep, they're fighting for their place. There's separation between the top and the bottom. Uh, and we'll talk NBA because, I mean, today, I don't know if you've seen it, Cage, just a full slate of games. Full slate of games. Lots of good ones, too. Mm-hmm. Nets are in action. You know, against the Hawks, right? I think. I guess we'll talk basketball right off the bat. I mean, I'll, I'll, t- I'll keep running with it. So I created a list for you guys. I created a list of 12 guys, and this is what I did. I put, from a performance standpoint, I put guys that I still think have upside, mm-hmm. guys that I think are sort of neutral, and guys that I think have tremendous downsides. Where do you want me to start off? And this isn't going to have every NBA player. How about this the guys is- with the downside? I'm curious. Give me the guys okay, with the downsides. Four guys. Okay. Michael Porter Jr., Tatum, Cam Johnson and uh, Kevin Porter Jr. Okay. Let's qualify downside. These are guys that have started off poor, but I actually think that there isn't any uh, light at the end of the tunnel for these guys. I think these guys are in for a really difficult year, both from a performance standpoint, a wins-loss standpoint for their team, and equally their cards. So let's start with Michael Porter Jr., man. He... Versus, I think those was the Grizzlies. They just played them. They're going to play him on a back-to-back here. Uh, he had nine points in the first half. I think ended the game with like 12 points. But that's not even the scariest thing. Going into that game cage, guess how many foul shots he had up until that game? This was seven games into the season? Uh, so 15. Seven games. Give Four. Wow. Four. Four wow. free throws. And what's that tell you? For real? For real, uh, it means he's 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 not getting to the line. He's not going. He's not driving. He's not he's not initiating contact. He's not, he's not as good as everybody thinks he is. He's not aggressive, and that's what's scary, man. It, it's not that he doesn't have the talent, because he absolutely does have the talent. It's, Did I jinx him? It, Let's be honest, because I nah, have been a hater. You don't have that much of power. MPJ. The whole time, right? And and my, one time, I made a bold prediction coming into the season that said he was going to be good this year. So it's a bold prediction, not a real prediction. Let's make sure everybody knows that. But I've not been on MPJ. I don't own an MPJ card. 
right? Nothing. I didn't buy his stuff. You know, he got that big contract, right? I, I mean, and his stuff started to move. Can I ask, do you think maybe it's just he's adjusting to new rules, new role, you know, that that he's not comfortable? You, what? You, all of a sudden, he's just not talented? It's not talent. It's not a matter of talent, man. So, it's um, then what is it? It's a matter of a broken of a system that doesn't work, and it's a lack of adaptability, right? Like when okay. you come in and you play in college and high school, the whole game revolves around you. You're clearly you're the best of the best. But when you get to the NBA, you have to fight for inches, and what that means is you have to evolve your game. You have to cr- find different ways to impact the game. Right, not just stand in a corner and wait for plays to be run for you so you could shoot your favorite shot. Everybody can do that. How do you get involved so that you have option A, B, C, D, E, and all the way down the list so you could impact the game in different ways? And that's a mindset plus work ethic thing, right? It's not one or the other. You have to first be okay to change. And second, you have to put in the work to actually learn the skills to change. And when you have that, it's the same thing with Tatum. Right, Tatum is significantly better, and he was on a team where they ran plays for him way more. Right, because at in the beginning of a game, let's say there's 80 shots in the NBA game, you know, Jason Jalen Brown's going to get 20, Jason Tatum's going to get 25, you, you know, Marcus Smart's going to get six. The shots are divvied up, Cage, before the game's basically started. Pretty and much, then right? everyone else gets the crumbs, but like you know, you're going to get your 15 to 25 shots a game if you're the star. That's a, that's a, that's already part of the equation but what you're what you need to do and what i found the best of the best of the best and players we admire they find ways to impact the game in different ways and first off you have to be open to that so i mean cam johnson i'll separate because cam johnson was someone i was high on but i think he's lost his confidence but kevin porter jr tatum and michael porter michael porter jr to me those are three guys that are stubborn who have a lot of talent, but you're going to see a, they're going to struggle all year because they are not open to finding different ways to impact the game and help their team win. Hmm. So if you got to invest in one, MPJ. I wouldn't invest in either. I would sell. Tatum. I would cut my losses on all three. You're selling both. Oh, I mean, Tatum or MPJ, definitely Tatum. Because Tatum is more like mellow. Tatum's still going to put up his 30, 40, 50 point games this year. I'm just worried that the Celtics team is worse than we think it is. I, I, and I'm worried that if what happens if they're an eight or nine seed or what happens if they're a 10 seed? We think that's out of the conversation, but the East is not easy. And they're one or two injuries away from being a bottom battle team. Hmm. Interesting. Very interesting. Who else? You said Kevin Porter Jr. Might as well go to Kevin Porter Jr. after Michael Porter Jr. He, he just – he's – he's. have you watched him play? I watched there? a couple of his games. I'm, I'm surprised. He leaves why a lot to I be was, desired. Why I, was a, why I was a buyer on him was because I didn't think there was going to be anybody else who had any kind of athletic ability around him. And it seems like the supporting cast may be a little better than I thought. You know, these young kids can actually play. Um, maybe, or maybe it's just he's not fighting for the shot as much, and, and there are other people who are like, "All right, I'll I'll go ahead and you know I'll be some offense." It's a legit angle, but this Houston team—I mean, they've been a huge disappointment for me because last year Christian Wood was like, "I'm going to really show everybody." Jalen Green, great, great pickup, uh, great draft, but they play with no heart, 
And, and it starts with Kevin Porter Jr. If you watch him play, he's a turnover machine. He takes a ton of bad shots. He holds the ball too long. He doesn't get his teammates involved. He has a bad attitude. And this team, top to bottom, has no heart. No heart. Uh, so it's it's one of the – not I'm going to say they're a talented team, but they have some talent. They have some stuff to work with. But they have no heart. They have no leadership. And, and uh, that's quick. To, there's not much that's going to change. I imagine their coach is actually going to get fired midway wow. through the season. Interesting. Who else? Who was on your list? Neutral. John Morant, Anthony Edwards, R.J. Barrett, and Luca. So these neutral guys are guys that started the year pretty well, very well. But I don't think they have a ton of downside. I don't think they have a ton of upside. I think they are where they are going to be for the rest of the year was kind of my point. Like, just to start with Ja, Ja came out the gate hot. He's mm-hmm. playing really, really well. But the upside's already has, baked in now. It's already baked in. It right. really is with him. And and right. where is – He has to is, win an MVP, basically. I'm with and, you. and people keep saying he will, but I don't see how he will. Like, I, I, I just – and this isn't an attack on Ja. I just don't see how he has the skill set or the team to win an MVP out of the West. I, I, I could name three or four guards just off the top of my head that I think are better than him. And I don't think his team's going to be that great. I think his team's going to be a seven or eight seed at best. I think that's where they keep hanging out. Uh, and, and partially, again, with that is because Jod does a lot of things very well, but I don't think he does anything great. Like, I don't think he's ever going to be a great shooter. I don't think he's ever going to be a great scorer. He's going to be. He's going to dunk a lot. He's going to finish at the rim pretty well. Uh, but I, I do think – I'm distracted. I'm sorry. I'm looking to my left. Uh, <laughs> I, I do think uh, – I do think he's going to have a very, very good year. Uh, and I think where his card prices are at now, I, I believe there will be you know 20, 30% more upside, but not not tremendous amount more upside. Anthony Edwards as well, man. Like I'm much more I'm much more optimistic on Lamelo than I am Edwards after watching this first week of the season. To me, Lamelo has the it factor, and so does Edwards. But Lamelo has gotten this Charlotte team. He's kind of breathed new life into them. I don't know if you agree with that. Like he's got players on this team playing out of their mind. He's, we, we, can you hear that noise? Yeah, but it's okay. It's not really indoor, It's not really annoying me. Uh, Just we might annoy noise. others. <laughs> uh, right. I'm usually the one causing bad audio and stuff like that, but it's okay. So Lamelo, talk about Lamelo. He's breathed new life into like this whole team. Like Ish Smith, he's talking about how Melo's our leader. We go as as he goes. Um. Uh. Gordon Hayward's playing incredibly well. Miles Bridges is playing well. I, I still honestly think Miles Bridges has a little bit more upside. This Hornets wow. team is interesting because they're seven, eight deep of some really good players. Like, Listen, I've always liked the Hornets. You know, I was a Devontae Graham fan. We watched the Hornets. I like LaMelo. I like that whole team. Uh, P.J. Washington's been a little bit of an underperformer. Um, you know, Terry Rozier just seems to always be injured. But, but LaMelo, you know, he has made them a legitimate team. I don't see them really giving any trouble to some of the top teams in the league. And ultimately, that's, I think, where they'll stumble. But no one's expecting them to this year. They're one of those teams that, like, you know, as they get into the playoffs this year, it's an accomplishment for them because they weren't a playoff team last year. You know, they so weren't, weren't a playoff team in the 10-team in the, in the expanded playoff situation you know what i mean so they weren't even good enough to get in that you know you know they were they were close you know i think I mean? I, I, that's where i see them i see them a six or a seven seed 
Yeah, which would be a nice step in the right direction, which is what you look for. And I think what's funny about it is if you look at your list of folks, right, Michael Porter Jr., Luca, you, you know, these guys, Ja. Um, RJ Barrett. RJ Barrett, one. right? So Barrett, Ja, even Luca to an extent, they're in the neutral ground. They've played a little longer than LaMelo, right? You're giving LaMelo a little more leash here and a little more upside because – you haven't seen him play that much yet. And you know what? The expectations are not that high for him. Last year, Ja and Luca and even Michael Porter Jr. might have been one category over for you. Porter I Jr. might have so, been in the, in the, in the, okay, I'm holding steady neutral category or maybe even in buy. And, and Ja might be in the buy because of the upside. But now you've got another year. All right, Luca, it's not okay for you to just be in the middle of the pack in the West now. People need an MVP. People need you to perform and do something to justify the prices that you – so I love this. I mean, I think you're 100% right. I mean, I'm worried about the Mavs. I'm worried about Luka because I don't trust Jason Kidd at all as a coach. I just don't uh, – I, mean, I mean, they lost Luka. their first game at home last night. He scored 30-something points. To It was the Heat. You know, the Heat are just – they, they yeah, look like a right. juggernaut out there. They play great team ball. So, you know, I think Dallas will be there when all is said and done. I think the problem is – and you said this right, and, and I've watched Dallas play because I like Luka. I don't have a – I don't I don't even know what I have uh, on Luka. Not much. Maybe a base card here or there. I don't have much invested in Luka at all. Um, but, but I like watching his game. What you're 100% right about is he may break down. That team asked him to do more than almost any other player in the league. And that's hard. That's hard to sustain it. You know what I mean? And and when I watch Giannis, his team asks him to do a lot too, but you could tell they 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 there's a team around him that will allow him to take a break, take some time off in the game, and they don't just completely fall apart and get in a hole that the team can't, the team can't get back from. That's the difference there. You know what I mean? Also, Giannis is built like a truck. Luke sure. is built like a donut truck. Um, Just to give you guys some context, you guys remember this? Thing is a donut truck. (laughs) There is, there is. San Francisco has food trucks for everything. (laughs) Frank, remember this guy, Frank Nitikil. Frank Nitikina, yeah, Nitikina, yeah. He is. He's their seventh or eighth guy. Like that's how terrible this roster is. That yeah, I'm surprised. Billy Colley Stein and Frank (laughs) is like the. You know, I like Reggie Bullock actually. I do. He was on. It was a Nick. But after him, there's there's nobody to ease the burden off of Luca. Tim Hardaway was that guy. Tim Hardaway to me is an incredible sixth man. But now he's in the starting lineup. So to me, Luca is someone that I would. I don't think his cards are going to go up. I don't think they're going to go down. I think he's just going to have a pretty neutral. All right, that's fine. Now here here's where it gets fun. These are my four guys. That I haven't talked about them a lot, other than one. That I'm really excited for. One of them is my play. So nice. I still think Tyler Hero, in terms of cards, uh, has tremendous upside. Because, and I said this on our season preview, our content team's clipping this. So I love giving myself credit where credit's due. It's just when you have a natural role and you're asked to do something that you're not comfortable with, like he was, to run the point, you see a dip. You see a dip in performance. Now he's back doing what he loves to do. Sixth man going against a second unit, and all you do is score. In fact, if I if you look at this roster, he's going to be their go-to scorer at a lot of times in the games. Because who's the best sixth man to ever play basketball? Lou Williams has got to be up there. Jamal, Jamal, Jay Cross, Jay Crossover is incredible. Um, 
the six man's a relatively new role. I don't know if there was a big six man. I mean, the best like to ever play. How about like Vinny Johnson in the eighties was the microwave they called. I don't know him, who right? that is. So he came off the came off the bench of the Pistons. He was like the ultimate six man because he he'd come off the bench and basically was instant offense, right? They, literally, they called him the microwave. That was his nickname, right? I'm telling you this for a reason. And you're right. You know, they, maybe it's only something that's been around for you know 20, 30, 40 years. Um, this this six man, maybe the six man award hasn't been given that long, but but think of the people you just named, right? Lou Williams and Jay Crossover and all these guys. You know what they all are? Cardboard irrelevant. So I have a hard time investing in someone who's excelling as a sixth man. We want somebody who's the alpha. And when you think of that Heat team, right? There really isn't an alpha. Like I've gave Bam an alpha play. score, an yeah. alpha score. Because they're all alphas, like they have, they're kind of stacked. Yeah, with yes, 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 one hundred percent. Yes, alpha. It's funny how many but alphas geez. they get together on a team. <laughs> six six men weren't the same as they are now. Like like yeah. Tyler Hero is not going to start, but he's going to finish out games. I guess what my thing is is Hero could be an investment now as long as you understand you have to have an exit strategy with him. His cards might be sure. priced low, but I mean like he's not somebody I'd want to hold as my PC no. forever. You no, know what I mean? Like not. it's never going to be LeBron. You know, like. Well, so well, that's I'm talking here for the next three, six yep. months. This is perfect. Yep. Uh, McCall Bridges. I, I got to tell you, the Suns team's interesting. They kind of look like they're hungover from last year. The, it, the last two games they've played, they sleepwalk through the first quarter, kind of start crawling in the second, turn it on in the third, and then they win by double digits in the so fourth. So you like Miles Bridges and McCall Bridges. So we know the title of this episode. Andrew has a bridge <laughs> he wants to sell you. <laughs> no, I, I like McCall Bridges' game. I still can't believe the Sixers uh, passed on him. At the same time, I hope that they run more plays for him because he's actually better offensively than given credit for. And Booker is looking worse offensively. Booker looks a little out of shape, if you ask me. Uh, so that Mello, Carmelo, uh, the real Carmelo. Carmelo. I, Carmelo. I think Mello found his spot here with this Lakers team. This Lakers team's inept, as they always will be. Uh, they can't figure shit out. But Mello is a bright spot, and they're running plays for Mello. Him and LeBron have a chemistry. This is going to be one of – Carmelo's will, best seasons. This won't be your play, but I'll I'll piggyback on it right now because I know Carmelo is not going to be your play. But when I gave the Kobe gear relic cards as a play, one of the really cool cards, I think it was called like Real Ones or something like that, was a dual relic card, and it was Carmelo and Kobe. And is that it, right? It has a little added coolness now that Carmelo is a Laker, maybe he wins as a Laker, and it was it was game-used piece of, of Kobe and a game-used piece of Carmelo in the same card. Kind of a cool thing. I think it was like, you know, at the time, like 80 or 90 bucks. So, and it was, it was one that wasn't exactly the rarest thing on earth. So take a look for that card guys. If you're, if you're into the, the Carmelo play, it's like a cool way of, of protecting if he doesn't do well, you know, like he's still got Kobe gear on the card, but if he happens to win this year with the Lakers and you got that whole like tie in. So anyway, just, I'll throw that on there. Sorry. I know that's not your play, but that's okay. Sure. I mean, dude, this is their associate value, right? It can't Ooh, just be Andrew. I got value, cage. I got some value. Are you waiting for me to to wrap? Last guy, and this is my play. Uh, I I think when you have a team that does well the year before, they tend to keep their lineup. So I'm talking about the Hawks. But the Hawks are in this weird spot where they have like six guys that kind of are the same person. You know what I mean? Like like Trey's the superstar, but then like you go Bogdanovich, you go DeAndre Hunter, Kevin Herter, Delon Wright, Gallinari, Cam Williams, and that's my play. So Cam Reddish has not started a single game, okay? He's played seven games, hasn't started once. He's averaging 24 minutes a game, but he's second on the team in scoring. He's averaging 16 points a game. 
3.3 rebounds. He's shooting 45% from the field. And here's the best part, 44% from three. And I think in the next – sorry, I'm putting you to sleep. In no, I was, next, I was actually a hiccup, man. Hopefully – I'm sorry you pointed it out. I was like, <gasps> was, you know, I'm out of soda here. I got I to get some more. I would say in the next 20, 25 games, he's going to be inserted into the starting lineup. Makes sense. I mean, would that be bad for him? I mean, what works, what works for Hero seems to be working for Cam Reddish. And what you like about Hero's role as a six man is what's making him score against second. You know, you know, and then you take that away from him. Wouldn't the same thing apply for somebody like Reddish? I mean, maybe the reason why Reddish is heating up is because he's got that six man role that Hero's excelling at and playing against the second team. No? I see I make how too much sense look sometimes. Well, <laughs> it looks that way on the surface, but I think if you watch them play, mm-hmm. it's. What's your default mindset? Like Kobe's default mindset was score. Yep. Okay. Hero's default mindset is score. I don't think Cam Reddish was really ever a scorer. He just scored well. He could rebound. He could assist. He could defend. He's tough. He's very athletic. Uh, he's incredible matchup nightmare on defense because you could kind of put him anywhere. Uh, you could switch across. So I think he's a valuable asset in other ways. Hero He's a liability on defense, right? So there are times where he doesn't fit in. And starting the games, yeah, maybe he's a good offensive player, but he's a liability on defense. So it looks the same way on the surface, but I think they're different players. I love it. Love it. So Reddish is the play. I mean, look, if he ever starts, you'd like to think that, you know, his 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 numbers go up. So I think that's great. I think it's great. All right, guys, so you had your salad. You had your veggies. Here comes your steak. Um, <laughs> so on on Halloween, did you see Gary V tweeted something weird? He tweeted, "Hint: Uno cards are worth looking at." I did. And I said, that. "I said, what the hell is this dude talking about?" So I started scouring the earth. I'm like, "What the hell is he talking about?" Uno. I played Uno cards as a kid, and I thought to myself, "All right, are Uno cards at play?" Because you know what made Pokemon kind of cool. What made like magic kind of cool is that they were a game. They were played, right? These things were played, so they weren't kept in mint condition, right? And th- so I started doing a little digging, and I found PSA grades Uno cards. I found some old Derek Jeter Uno cards. But I said to myself, you know, nobody cares about baseball, Boomer. You know, I'm the I'm <laughs> I'm I'm the walking embodiment of that. So I did a little deeper dive, right? And it turns out a little more news here. This is the 50th anniversary of Uno. And there's a lot of cool stuff going on. It's the 50th year anniversary of Uno. And guys, this is a play you're going to get nowhere else. You're going to get this at Luca Nation. And I hope the people who pay attention to this and who play our episode on, on, on the first hour or two hours go and buy this. Because I want to go buy every one of these myself right now. Right? I even said to Andrew, this is such a cool play. We should just buy them all ourselves. This is a moneymaker. Right? It really is. Right? You know, Nike and Giannis just announced a collaboration with Uno. Going to be all what? over the place, right? Yep, 100%. Nike and Giannis Nike, collaborating Giannis Uno the collab- card game. with Uno the card game. They're making a 50th anniversary. They're doing shoes in Uno colors, like Giannis sneakers with Uno. They announced a couple weeks ago that they're teaming up with uh, Justin Bieber's Drew House, doing a limited edition Uno with that. But point is, it's 50th anniversary, sports, you name it, the whole nine yards, right? So you got Giannis doing it. Here's the play, however, right? And you can take this however you like. In 06, I believe 06, 2006, 2007, so it was the 2007, the 35th anniversary. You know who was a young star in the NBA 
couple years into the game. Hadn't really won yet because he was still on the Cavs. LeBron James. In 2007, Uno made a LeBron James set. All right? Uh, Do you want me to pull this up? You can pull it up because... 2007, Uno, LeBron James, right? 2007, Uno, LeBron James. You can pull them up. You just type in Uno, LeBron if you like. This is so weird. So this is kind of cool, dude. Yeah, so so there's a couple here, right? So there's a 26 card sample pack that the Cavs gave out at Cavs gave out at their game. There's also a 100 card full set, like a deck. Don't pay $2,500 for the deck, guys. Although I'm sure if you look at a grade, these things there it is, 2342. You found it. I'm sure if you look at a grade, that's probably in pretty good shape. But if you scroll down on these, you can see these cards pretty inexpensive. I even found a lot of these cards um, that was a. Uh, uh, 90 LeBrons for $69, right? And it was it took every inch of me to not just click it and, and take uh, – whoever's listening to this, I'm sure you're going to grab it first because this is when, when PSA opens back up. This is exactly the kind of cool play where you throw it in a bulk sub, you name it, and there's not a lot of these clearly out there for you to find. This is a, a 15-year-old Uno set with LeBron on it. It's going to be like a LeBron early card um, that people were supposed to be playing, Right? And here's a nice little offshoot. Yeah, get this. In 06, Uno did NBA All-Star sets. So there's actually a 2006 LeBron. Not going to be as popular as the 07. The 07 is a lot out there, but it's an 06. It's right there. It's on eBay. You can get the entire NBA All-Star Eastern set right now on eBay. I'm sure there's Western ones. You guys can look for it. $39.99 or best offer. You want an Iverson? It's there. You want a Shaq? It's there. You want the whole Eastern All-Star team, including LeBron, it's there. You want to take it another level? They made a Space Jam set for him this year. Those are not going to be as rare. They're all over the place now, but it's 20 bucks, right? You want a LeBron? You want a Space Jam? You want a Bugs Bunny if that's your thing? Great. You can find LeBron 07 um, Uno cards on eBay for 20 bucks. You can find sets for, for very little money. Um, if you want to go nuts, again, first person to listen to this, the LeBron Uno cards are on Com C as little as little as a dollar ninety two, one dollar and ninety two cents for LeBron on Com C. You can pull it up if you like and show it. It's right there. It's the bottom one. The yellow skip card is a dollar ninety two. It's showing up there. You can buy a ton of these. This is one I would throw in. You know, someone who's going to be quick to get this will grab them. Now, is it going to be worth something? Who the hell knows? Obviously, Uno is something that's got fifty years of life to it. I don't know what the hell Gary V was talking about when he tweeted that. But this is where my brain went, right? Because I'm always looking for LeBron investments, NBA investments, card investments. This, and is, it, this is this year's one. Oh, What's by, this my, year's? Mattel, by, by Mattel. Mattel, yeah, Mattel, Mattel, yeah, Mattel's the, the company. Isn't Jeremy Pidauer? Uh, he's Jazzwares. Jazzwares. But yeah, I'm telling you, Uno board game, dollar ninety-two. You got LeBron. You you want the Space Jam? You could buy the Space Jam Uno set for twelve bucks. That's probably still in stores right now. But point on this, guys, is. That's a cool, like, the 06 one, fourth year LeBron card that people did not keep in good shape, right? People play these, you know what I mean? I don't know if this is what Gary was talking about. I have no idea. But it's a cool thing. Everybody loves Uno, right? You want to talk about oddball card sets, right? I mean, I'm, I wish I was, <laughs> I want to buy this 06 Eastern. I get like a Shaq 
LeBron play like a whole PSA deck of Uno cards. Be playing Uno and slaps. Anyway, it's kind of a cool thing. It's a different way of playing it. It reminds me of um, you know LeBron had Hummer cards. You know Kevin Durant had cards with the you know they're giving away with cards like Chevy had a Kevin Durant rookie card. I think LeBron has one where it came with like a Matchbox car and there's a card of him like in the package also. Cool things like that, you know. Um, and the best part about this is if you type in Uno PSA. They're all graded cards on eBay. Uno, PSA, they're Jeter ones, and they're expensive. So PSA obviously grades these things. The same kind of thing. I think, I think the Jeter was 2008, so Uno must have done these kind of like, you know, collaborations with athletes, and they did LeBron and then Jeter. So that's a cool one. It's different, and I, I have listened to a ton of sports card content. I've never heard this play. I mean, I got to give Gary the credit. Yeah, give Gary you the, the work credit. ethic. I gotta Very ask quick. you. So, so it's funny, Cage. As I was uh, as we were recording, my Tyler Hero Optic Hollow PSA ten just sold. Kind nice. of, kind of, reg- kind How of much? regret that. I, I had it listed for what I thought was a lot of money. It was two hundred fifteen bucks. Wow. But it, I gotta it check got if, a, if Ian still has that. I think we might have sold it to Shyway Vlogs for like sixty bucks. <laughs> at, at the, the low season. lows. Coming into the season. <laughs> but, but you could see people are starting to uh, go after his cards, right? If, if you're hitting buy it now and if you're seeing buy it now is on a player, uh, it's always interesting. So like that card was about $150 card on Starstock and uh, there were offers for $152. And just today someone scooped it up $215. I think they got a good deal. I think that card is, is a really nice card. Opticalo. There you go. I'm going out now. I'm going to buy myself some Nike Air Force One Low Uno cards. Uno, color, Uno colored sneakers. No. In the only way that you can do it, because you do the best job at this. Shoot. Golden Marketplace. What should people be on the lookout for? Let's see how they do it, right? Because people gave PWCC a whole bunch of crap. PWCC's had the tech. They've had the stuff for their premier auction. They've had the, you know, the, the IT in place. Obviously, Golden is looking to now compete. This is a space Golden's never been in. Right, PWCC has had monthly auctions for a long time. They were on eBay, and they migrated it to their own space, 40,000 auctions. That's a far cry from what they were doing on the Premiere. But they basically used the tech that they had already built out in that Premiere and expanded it to their monthly auction. Golden, I think I saw November 7th as a rollout day. What will be cool about it is like all the other, you know, all the other houses that have um, you know, vaults, you can buy stuff, vault it with them. Um, and then just click a button and it's going to be sold right now. I don't think they have a lot of details up as far as like fixed auction prices and the like. Um, they're definitely second mover here. You could even say third mover. I mean, alt started their liquidity auctions, right? They started their, you know, instant liquid auctions, uh, I think last week or a week before I saw announcements for those guys. Um, you know, you'd like to think that these folks will learn from each other. Right. And, you know, what PWCC does well, they'll they'll do and what PWCC might not have done so well, you know, they'll learn and, and you know, every, the product is better for all of the consumers. Um, but I mean, it's the next step in the progression. Right. They vaulted. Right. What do you do when you have a vault of people's cards? Right. You 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 they're eventually going to have to do something with them and you don't want them just taking them back. Right, people who have the cards in in the golden vault, especially ones that you know, Golden made a big push to have people who had their cards in PWCC vault them with Golden. I think they even sent somebody to PWCC to pick up people's yes, cards. Yes, right, so now they have this vault with a ton of cards, and I'm sure not all of them make their auction level. 
you know, where it's going to be in the golden auction. So what are you going to do? People are going to have these. They're just going to take them out and sell them themselves on eBay, sell them themselves on Probstein, you know, with Probstein, or sell them, you know, in the monthly auction PWCC. This is something that they kind of needed to do. The downside, and we talked about this even with Eric Myers, right? We talked about this with a, a bunch of folks that come on. Um, there's no central place to buy your cards now, right? eBay's still probably the main place. You know, when I wanted to research Uno, I didn't go on the PWCC monthly auction for it. It's still eBay. Um, and previously, when PWCC was on eBay, eBay was the place, right? Now you have, like we talked about, Alt, PWCC on their own platforms. Now Golden on their platform. ComC, Star. I'm excited for this because that's a business opportunity. Having not an eBay, right? eBay handles a lot of things for people, right? Yep. They deal with fraud and they deal with, but I'm talking about a marketing website that sits on top of all of these vaults and kind of APIs into, into Golden's marketplace, into PWCC's marketplace, into ComC. Uh, I, I guess eBay was kind of doing that in the past, but it would be cool to see an aggregator, not in terms of like, hey, we're going to police what's going on. But just to bring everything under one umbrella, it would be interesting. And uh, I'm not sure if that's possible, if not. But from a custodianship perspective, Cage, like we were I was listening to a Bitcoin podcast and how, well, it's a little scary. Let's say somebody out there knows that you own a CryptoPunk, right? Mm -hmm. They could stop you on the street, put a gun to your head and say, sh send me your yeah, CryptoPunk. Of course. Right? Same thing with cards. Like we post our cards on Instagram. You, you could figure out pretty easily where people live, right? Mm -hmm. And that's a little bit daunting when you have, it's not a big deal when you have $5,000 in, in your collection, but when you have a million dollars, it's nice to have these vaults that store, insure, take care of, protect, give you the option to, to liquidate. I, I, think, I think having a vaulting, I think having a few vaulting partners is super help, healthy. It's all about decentralization, right? Sort of. Yeah, it really is. It's kind of funny how it, it comes back together. You see these two industries kind of move in, in tandem. That's another thing. The things you teach me, I come back out with. Right. Do you feel you feel you feel proud? You feel proud uh, the teacher and the student? I, listen, it's Gary V, I, I know you listen to our episodes. If this is what you meant by your Uno play on Twitter, you have to let me know because it was very cryptic. We said Uno cards are worth looking at. Do you mean He's good at cryptic. Like cryptic creates suspense. Like when he was releasing V Friends, mm -hmm. he didn't like, you know, vomit. He was just like, make sure you have ETH in your wallet. Make sure you have ETH in your MetaMask. Make sure you have ETH in your MetaMask. He's just like, very cryptic. So um, <laughs> I'm proud of you. I, I really am. I, I think you, in, I think in all aspects of life under my tutelage, you know, your expert under, tutelage, under the last year, year and change we've been working together, like I think you're a better communicator. I think you are even better at telling jokes and stories, oh, even though you have, a, you have a natural inclination that. I think you understand business really well. <clears throat> I think I think our community wouldn't be the same without you. Like, I really don't. Oh, I, I, I'm going to cry. I, 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 pull, I do do some stuff behind the scenes, but people really do tune in for you. Uh, you I, are I'm the, willing uh, to admit that. You're, you're Geppetto. I'm just Pinocchio. Yes. I'm just Pinocchio, you know? I got all these strings holding me down, man. You know, you just marionette me. You know, just, just, just point me in the direction, wind me up, and let me go. It's a lot of fun.
So do we have any like fun stuff coming up? Any cool guests that we could tell people about? Any like, you know, fun shows? Do we want to tell people where I mean, I know it's I know, you know, never the two shall meet, but we you know, guys, if you like what we're doing here, we also have a crypto casual show. Go ahead and sign up for that, you know. Um um, subscribe on YouTube to that show as well. well. What is crypto casuals, right? You guys asked us to stop talking about NFTs. But really, <laughs> what you guys said was, "Hey, we're interested in NFTs, but we want to listen to that on our terms. We tune in for banter and sports cards." So we're like, cool. Yep. So we created crypto casuals. We do an episode every week where we kind of break down what's happening with coins, crypto, and NFTs. And then another episode every week is a uh, guest episode. So we had. Zane, who was one of the founders of V Friends with Gary, he ran the community. He started his own NFT. He's he's really one of my favorite guests we've ever had. So we just did an episode with him, Crypto Casuals with an S, on YouTube. We have our whatnot show every Sunday. Excited for that. Tomorrow, Cage, we're going to be doing our dibs, kind of five to ten minute segment of what's happening in the modern market. Uh, nothing too crazy, nothing too long, but just. Their platform has a tremendous amount of data, right? You know, how are cards trading? Who's gone up in the last week? Who's gone down? Uh, so we're going to be talking about that. We, we're doing a really cool innovator series with Collectible uh, in preparation for the Mint Collective, where we're going to interview five innovators in the hobby. It's a very loosely used word because I believe all of you guys are innovating in one way or another. Uh, but that's going to be pretty cool. So did I hit everything? Yeah, no, you 100% have. I mean, the Mint Collective, guys, if anybody's interested in more information, hit us up, send us a message. We'll get you more information on that. Um, that's coming in uh, in January in uh, in Las Vegas. Um, if you're interested in going, we get you information on that. We might do a you know, Lucas, Lucas Tigers NFT sort of event there. Uh, we'll have more info soon. You know, that's a couple months away. But uh, I, I want to start a Saturday morning or maybe – yeah, I think Saturday morning, maybe Friday, Friday evening, but airs Saturday morning. A soccer, a football show, soccer show. I want to talk, dude, guys. I, I don't think we realize like Champions League is in full bloom. We got domestic leagues, but next year is the World Cup, and I do want to start talking about soccer, soccer cards, sharing my experience. So if anyone out there, you know, wants to be a co-host, wants to create a show, has any interest in soccer, I know LAFC Gunnar, someone I've been talking to, who's a wealth of knowledge. Let me know. I think talking a little bit more footy would be fun. This episode of Lucas, Tigers, and Bronze was brought to you by Hybrid Grading Approach. Take it from someone who has personally submitted thousands of cards for grading. HGA slabs just hit different. They're top of the line and color coordinated to match the card itself. The aesthetics are unrivaled in the industry. When paired with the ease of submission and the transparency of the pricing model, HGA stands alone as the best choice for grading your cards. I believe that once you try them out, you will agree. Thanks for listening, Luca Nation. Thank you for spending some time with us on another episode of the Luca's Tigers and Bronze Oh My podcast. Um, do us a favor and like, subscribe. Now, you know what? Don't just like and subscribe. Everybody does that. If you like us, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your enemies, tell everybody. And uh, we hope you got something from spending some time with us today, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.